Once again, you listen to What's Up Aboard the Podcast. My name is Wardy Ward. I'm going to be your cool captain on this very important episode. But before we get started, I want to send a shout out to my co-host, Miss Tiki, the talker in the house. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Wardy Ward. How are you? Oh, you're doing fantabulous. Uh, <laughs> can you give a shout out to our sponsor before we get started? Absolutely. It is Imuru Skincare. It is making its mark in the world of clean beauty. It's a 100% organic plant-based skincare line. And it's good for all skin types, men, women, teenagers, and the website, check it out. It's www.emiru.skincare.com. Don't forget the skincare part, emiruskincare.com. I do think we're starting to uh, have them promote men products too as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's, it's for men's needs too. Okay. All right. Got to be fair to everybody. Um, yes. As everybody know, our motto on the show is everybody has a story to tell, but we just want to know yours. Well, our guest today is no exception to the rule. This young lady is not only big in the social media world, she's also helping people with everything she does. She's going to tell us everything about that and more right here on What's Aboard the Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Destiny to the Lab. How are you doing, Miss Destiny? Hey guys, what's up? I am doing great. Um, I'm Destiny. I also go by iDestiny, my artist name. And I consider myself a serial creative. That is a person who has done a bajillion creative things under the sun to be able to make income, to be able to survive out here in these LA streets. Um, LA born and raised, uh, was born in Santa Monica, moved all around LA, Ventura County. Now I'm back here in LA. So I've just, I've been here pretty much my entire life. So just creating and collaborating with people, working on different projects. I just love being able to kind of change up and do different things every day. Wow. Now you said you bounced around and I've, I've been at California a couple of times, didn't really get around. So it's huge from what I saw. (laughs) Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about what's important to you. What are you doing now? How are you benefiting the community? What's your area of expertise? So, you know, being a serial creative, my sense of expertise in a way is just all things creative. And Mm -hmm. I have this, this thing, it's like, I'm, I'm a jack of all trades or a Jill of all trades. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really a master of any, but it's just, I know enough of a lot of different things to be able to put together kind of large scale projects okay. and kind of you know, fluidly move from one thing to the next. So the thing that I'm currently working on right now is um, I started a boutique media company called Sailing in the Desert. And this is, you know, years ago where mm-hmm. I could help uh, up and coming creatives who really didn't have a budget be able to, you know, put themselves out there and really compete, you know, with, other people in the entertainment industry. So whether that be videography, you know, for them, photography, helping them with behind the scenes, helping them build websites, you know, styling. Wow. So it's all the things that I started helping mm-hmm. my friends out with that were artists and kind of building on top of that. But recently, um, you know, now that I have kids, I, I've been wanting to start this thing. I, I really wanted to create a workshop for young people who eventually wanted to go into the entertainment industry. Now mm-hmm. for me, I'm currently in the, the Valley, the San Fernando Valley which is kind of like a little bit of entertainment hub. A lot of you know, people that are in the entertainment industry live out this way and have kids that go to school out here and that are in you know, performing arts projects and you know, wanting to be in the entertainment industry, whether that be singing, acting, dancing, you know, whatever. So I am starting a workshop called Sales Off Workshop as part of Sailing in the Desert that would really help young creatives learn what it's like in a eight hour day on set, but squishing it, kind of squishing it down to like, um, like a, a, an eight to 10 minute kind of moment of chaos in a workshop. Hmm. 
Yeah. Wow. I'm curious to know what that looks like. You said eight <laughs> to 10 minutes. So they're not really, well, just tell, talk, walk me through it. What does that look like? Okay. So the sales off workshop is essentially taking all the crazy things that would happen in like an eight to 10 hour day on set and squishing it down into like eight to 10 minutes of chaos. So this would be everything from having to change choreographers at the last minute, having to change wardrobe, you getting maybe fired mm. from the position, getting put in a different position. All of a sudden you're, <laughs> now you're the lead, you're the actor. So it's very improv based um, and taking these young kids and putting them in different roles and rotating yes. them roles in that period of time. Wow. So that's, that's pretty intense. So what, yes. what do they do the rest of the time? So, so after them 10 minutes, what do you do? Or, or are you kind of leading up to that whole thing? Yeah. So initially when we first start the workshop, you know, I kind of give my spiel a little bit, a little background on how I ended up in all these different positions in the net, in the industry, um, mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, networking to get from one gig to the next, being hired for one position and then having to do something completely entirely different. So I talked to the kids a lot about that and kind of how you do that. How do you network? Kind of how do you kind of make friends in the industry? Um, what they can expect in a day on set? And then from then, you know, I kind of group them and do a, a mini audition and put them into different roles. You know, you're going to be the choreographer. You're going to be a dancer. You're going to be, you know, the lead singer. You're going to be the lead actor. And I hand them wow. out these roles, give them a moment to kind of figure themselves out. And then mm -hmm. we start the timer and just go at it. And from then on, I'm rotating people in and out and, you know, kind of giving them different tasks to switch and kind of think about. So it's, it's kind of cool for them to, to have to collaborate with each other and figure out how to get things done on set. Yeah. Is that overwhelming is this, for, for people? I'm sorry. Is that overwhelming? No, no go ahead. Okay. I, oh, yeah. But I feel like for, for kids, it's definitely, you know, really fun because for them, it almost feels like a game. Okay. But in reality, mm -hmm. this is what it would be like on set just in a way longer period, like age 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So is this something that they can just stay part of? Or is there some kind of like, okay, you've graduated now? <laughs> or they just stay in the program and keep learning well, as long as they enjoy it? Right. So this is a workshop that I'm bringing into different schools. So this is kind of like a one time uh -huh. thing, like maybe once a semester, um, I would go to that specific okay. school and do the, the workshop. And it's like about an hour, hour and a half in its entirety from me, you know, okay. speaking to them, kind of giving them uh, what it's like to be in the industry, my experience, all the different kind of gigs that I've had, and then having them do this workshop and work together. And then just getting feedback from them, you know, how did you feel having to do this and that? Mm -hmm. Is this something that you want to do? And kind of, you know, getting their response and having them ask questions. Yeah. Interesting. How long did it take to get this uh, started before this took off? Um, so for me, I started kind of brainstorming this idea back in like October of last year. Mm -hmm. So we're okay. in the testing stage right now with our with our guinea pig students before we put it out to, you know, larger scale schools and things like that. So started in October, kind of been coming up with the curriculum over December, you know, beginning of January, it was like, okay, let's get the page together. Like let's launch, mm -hmm. let's start talking to schools. So the curriculum is mm -hmm. going to launch, you know, full scale with me being in schools, um, probably like middle of February. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So how did you get involved in this? Cause that seems, I know it's tough to do things with school. So you got to be connected to be able to get in schools. Well, actually, um, where I started was dance studios. Mm. So now I'm starting to branch off and, you know, start talking to schools about, you know, getting on their schedule. But this yeah. is actually something that I was very familiar with growing up because my mom did the same thing when I was younger. Okay. On a smaller scale. So my mom was a professional dancer in the industry for years. 
And wow. around the time when I was in junior high, she decided like, you know, I want to do like a side business. That way I can kind of quit my nine to five job. So she started going to high schools and pitching the idea of like, I'd like to come and teach a hip hop class to your, you know, during your after school program. So she went from school to school and, you know, by the end of it, she had like 15 to 20 schools on her roster that she was traveling to and doing regular dance classes weekly at these schools. Oh, man. That's, that's kind a of nice like little... recipe that I'm perfecting and making my own. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, so you said your, your mom did that. What, what about your dad? What was his background like, too? I'm sure he has some influence on you as well. Yes. So my dad, he was actually a professional opera singer, professional jazz singer in the industry. And that's him, how him and my mom met. You know, he was auditioning people for a, a gig that he had. And that's when he met her. But he was a professional singer, you know, traveled, did lots of music. So. OK, so, yeah. so that's a nice mixture of background. I think you said he, he has some uh, famous connects, too. Yeah, so he was almost kind of like an opening act for like the Rat Pack and Sammy Davis Jr. He spent a lot of time with them when he was younger. Mm -hmm. um, so, he, you know, he a young kid, 16, 17, running around Vegas doing like jazz gigs and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Until so you play all these in things. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. You you play all these instruments. Do you also sing like your father? Yes. Do you? Okay. Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, um, I crowdfunded my first EP. I had been doing music for years, but I was constantly like doing backup for other people, you know, doing session work, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. And I had put out my own music kind of like in a mixtape sense. And, you know, but a lot of times at gigs, I would just either do standards or do covers. And I was like, you know what? I've been writing for years. I should do my own project. Mm -hmm. So I founded uh, my EP and put it out um, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Wow. You seem to have no fear. So your parents also really inspired you to get out there and just try it all. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like I, you know, growing up just because of my parents being in the entertainment industry and being kind of creative, we would have moments where we, you know, would have money and we're doing well. And the times where we were like living at a motel six. So it's like that mm. sense of hustle mentality was kind mm -hmm. of implemented into my life at a super young age. So it was like, mm -hmm. I've always just been a hustler, like. Okay, <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i like that i think the hustle mentality really uh lets you see life from a different perspective of anything can be done you know there's there's no limits it's just how yeah. far are you willing to go mm -hmm. so I, I can definitely see that what, what does the future look like for you what, what do you what do you want to turn this into or other things what's, what's the end game looking like for you oh man i mean i think the end game for me would just be influence so i could really help out organizations that help you know single mothers you know children that are experiencing homelessness these are all things that i've had to deal with you know as a single mother you know raising kids and trying to take care of them so it's just like so many single moms end up in shelters you know with their kids and so i definitely want to you know build enough businesses or you know revenue whatever so that i could really donate an impact and give back mm. to a lot of women that are experiencing this either that or uh, that and then just taking care of you know kids just seeing kids that are in shelters mm -hmm. and being able to give them the resources that they need to go to school uh, go to college get involved in arts classes and maybe scholarships and things like that mm -hmm. absolutely now you had mentioned the homeless so you were homeless at a time too oh yeah on and off since i was about 14 were, were you by yourself or just just with the parents you said or what, what led to that circumstance because i know that's I see it on TV a lot that there's homeless things on there. Oh, so, yeah. so, so what, what kind of happened? 
Well, I mean, it was like, you know, maybe one of my parents lost their job or, you know, the other one, all of a sudden it was like, now we're down to a part-time income. And there was, you know, me and my siblings, there's four of us. And then okay. when my mom remarried, there was two more. So it's like, there was so many of us kids. And so it's like, you know, sometimes I'd be, okay, well, can you find some place to stay? And I'd be sleeping on a friend's couch or a friend's floor, you know, 14, mm-hmm. 15 years old. And then even as a young adult, you know, um, times where I was living the creative life, going from one gig to another, not able to make ends meet, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're living with somebody and all of a sudden they tell you like, oh, you know, I'm moving, you got to go. Or, you know, you're oh. dating somebody, then you guys break up and it's like, where do I go? The creative industry of just trying to survive. Yeah. Um, that had to be very difficult. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially as, as a woman, like being homeless is terrifying. You definitely have to have like a strategy to just make it through the day. This probably uh, has kind of driven you to make sure that you've got that has something to do with it. Probably making sure that you have all these different avenues of income so that you don't find yourself in that situation again. Is that probably the case? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So my mindset from the time of being young was always like, okay, how do I have like multiple streams of income? Like, how can I make sure that everything is good so I can even take care of other people? Mm-hmm. So you, you have created uh, such a creative mindset here. Do you have a lot uh, what do they call that? ADH, what do they call that? ADD? ADHD. Yeah, you have a lot of energy. Do you have like that or? because um, Hyperactivity. <laughs> they actually tested me and they were just like, well, you're not completely like ADHD or, or, or ADD, but they're, uh, what they told me was that the creative part of the brain is almost in the same area that where those things would be. And so they just told me, like, with creative people, there could be a lot of overlap. Mm. As far as, like, a, you are 100% this or that. <laughs> no, not that at all. Okay, good, good. So, okay. Um, what else did you want to ask me, Tiki, before I jump in my next question? I was curious. I did have a question. So she's got all these different interests. You've got all these different hobbies, all these things you excel at. If somebody told you you had to pick at just one for the rest mm. of your life to do, oh, what my. would it be? Oh, narrow it down. Creative directing. All right. <laughs> Is that kind of what you're Why? doing now? Like? Creative <laughs> directing, you technically can implement all of those things. You're just not physically executing them yourself. Okay. Ooh, you found a loophole to do them all anyway. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How That's can the, I do what, all but not do it all? What is your background? What, what did you get the, uh, the skill set from? I know your parents were influential. Did you go to school for any of this stuff or... Um, so when I was about five years old, I took a little bit of piano, but for some reason it didn't fully stick with me. Music theory is not my thing, but I was always pretty good at playing by ear. And then, you know, just in school, getting involved in like plays and musicals and things like that. I never actually went to like a performing arts school, but it was like whatever creative things I could get involved in at my school, I, like I would sign up. I was there. Mm-hmm. So once I got into high school, I joined, you know, choir. And by my senior year, I had, you know, finished all of my classes I needed to graduate. So I literally just took four periods of choir and was teaching the, the youngest, the freshman choir class wow. by my senior year. I see. So that's what started. That was the genesis of it all. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was part of that. And then also just, you know, growing up, constantly not knowing where, you know, money was going to be coming from. So a lot of people from church had donated like us clothes and everything. So I was upcycling and sewing clothes and you know, helping people put on productive productions and here, here's some outfits I made and 
you know. Mm. So it's yeah. always with music and clothing. Mm-hmm. So, do you, so you do make some clothes too, right? You kind of make yes. your own thing? I think I saw that, yeah. Another one of my businesses, uh, ID Exhibit, is um, a virtual showroom as well as like upcycled clothing. Um, so I worked in fashion for a little bit. And when I was working in fashion, I ran the showroom where it was like, you know, celebrities would come and pull things for, you know, the, the Grammys, the Super Bowl, whatever. And mm. then when I left there, I kind of took a few of the clients with me and started kind of styling on my own upcycling clothes. So ID Exhibit specifically does that. Uh, clothing rentals, you know, pulls and, you know, purchases of upcycled, you know, recycled clothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you, you rent out clothing to celebrities? Mm-hmm. Or just, just artists in general. Anybody who's a creative who wants to pull something for like a music video, a shoot or whatever, they can pull that from my site. Wow, I never even thought about that. That's a, a cool thing right there. Because it is a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's doing their own thing now on social media now. So that that's that can really that, that's got to be a big market for that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, most of my friends being in LA are creatives that are doing you know projects. You know, whether it be an indie film or music video or photo shoot. So I, as part of sailing in the desert, when I started that media company, I was like, you know, people keep asking me to style. So I should really start offering, you know, affordable rentals because here in LA, a lot of the showrooms that do rentals are used to renting to, you know, celebrities at the top, top level. So they're renting out Chanel, you know, very expensive clothes. And, you know, you have to have a certain stylist that has an in at that showroom. Like it's very exclusive. So I was like, you know what, it it would be a nice market for just, you know, creators to be able to go on a website and just click things that they want to rent and I ship it to them and they ship it back. Oh, that is amazing. Wow. I can't believe I didn't come up with that. Okay. Uh, what, uh, what, who are some of the celebrities you've met out there, if any, other than your parents? There's, there's so many. Um, Just common uh, out there? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was in a Nicki Minaj music video. I was in a Chris Brown music video. That's where I know you from. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so you were I dancing mean, in those videos and everything? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Ah. Which ones so I can look them up? Uh, okay, so if you look up Nicki Minaj in French Montana, the Freaks video, uh-huh. I'm okay. wondering if it's in the background. Okay. I'll yeah. Wow. How, how what's the other one? Um, the other one is Shots Fired with Jamie Foxx. Uh, was Tank in that? I think Tank was in that. Tank, Chris Brown. I'm like just one of the club people, so it's kind of hard to see. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, but I can I can still go in there and say I know. Her. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell her about. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so how does how does one get on a video? I mean, me being oh. in the Midwest, that doesn't seem realistic to me. I mean, right. How how you know it's gonna be it? Wow. Well, so interesting things. This is also part of the workshop that I that I talk about is how you end kind of end up in music videos and different things like that. I actually have talk about that on my YouTube channel. But for the Nicki Minaj music video, I was actually staying with a family friend of mine and he was in film school and I was just like at, you know, community college. And to stay with him, he was like, well, you know, if you're not going to be paying me rent, can you help me on set? You know, he was trying to get his name out there, you know, being a lowly intern and, you know, at, at, uh, at film school. And he mm-hmm. said, well, you know, just I just need some help on set. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I'm helping him look up, you know, dancers and models for the shoot. You know, they make the interns do all like the grunt work. So mm. I'm helping them, we get to set and the, you know, the director's like, you know, oh, half the girls didn't show up. We need girls or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, you know, my, my friend's here. 
So if you yeah. got any extra clothes, just put her in something and put her out there. You know, she's dancing. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in my music video. I was supposed oh, to be helping with that, but I ended up in the video. So so that's what you tell the uh, the students to be prepared for anything. You got to just be prepared for anything. Mm -hmm. Yes, because there was another situation. One of my friends, he was like an, an indie hip hop artist. And he actually hired me to be casting director. He was like, yeah, you know, come help me pick out the models or whatever. And, you know, help me just kind of wrangle them on set. Like keep, keep tabs on all the models, who's doing what, you know, who's in what scene. And at the last minute, the lead girl flaked. Half of the dancers mm -hmm. didn't show up. And he was Whoa. like, I need dancers. At that time, I was at community college in dance classes. And I got on the phone with my friends and said, hey, I need you to come to this video. <laughs> we need dancers. They showed up and then they made me the lead of the music video. And then I brought Sweet. the dancers and the director goes, hey, can you guys put together some, some dance moves? So I helped like choreograph it. Yeah. And I was only the casting person and ended up in the video. Man, well, <laughs> I, she's just in the right place at the right time and mm -hmm. got the skills ready. Yeah. How do you being willing to be flexible and being like, oh, well, this is what they need me to do now. So I'm just, you know, gonna go ahead and do it. So is this like, how do you self-educate to be prepared for these situations? Well, that's completely what I teach in the workshop. Okay. <laughs> so it's, you know, during that eight to 10 minutes of chaos, it's telling, you know, one of the dancers like, oh, by the way, you're the lead now. Here's, here's your lines. You got 10 mm -hmm. minutes, come back and, you know, learn the lines, read the lines. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, telling somebody who is in the background, like, hey, you're a choreographer now. Or, you know, now your wardrobe, what are you good? What are you gonna dress the casting? You know, here's the rack of clothes, put together an outfit. Mm -hmm. So having that flexibility and making that part of your life and your routine, always being willing to, you know, keep learning, learn different types of, you know, creative positions that you're not used to, learn terminology, you know, it, it all helps, it all works together. Wow. So are you interested in, in doing movies or television as well for yourself? or you just want to just kind of keep uh, helping out the next generation? Yeah, I mean, for me, acting has never really been something that I saw myself doing. It was like, you know, I was a professional singer and backup dancer from the time I was like 12. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I kind of transitioned into videography and creative directing and, you know, kind of being on that end of things. Um, and I just really found the fluidity, like fluidity of that really, really fun. And just being able to work with all different sorts of creative people and bringing them together. Mm. yeah what would you uh what would you say something in your industry that that you don't like is there any challenges to to this field oh yes I mean professional backup dancers almost like they rarely ever get paid unless they have a Ooh. key dance position oh wow I did not know that but if you're a, a video girl or a background person in music video most of the time, like you don't get paid unless you're with an actual agency that's sending you to be like the lead in a certain position. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess you got to start somewhere then. Yeah. So uh, it's just putting yourself out there to be seen, hoping somebody will see you. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Either that or, you know, I've seen a lot of dancers that were my friends. Um, they do music videos, but, you know, obviously they don't pay a whole lot. So to supplement their income, they go and they teach dance classes. They go yeah. and they teach you know, at, at different dance studios or at schools or, you know, whatever, or they do private mm -hmm. lessons and things like that. So. Yeah. What advice do you give people who are brand new to this industry? Um, be flexible, uh, network with everybody. Don't just focus on the celebrities. 
the celebrities, you know, it's, it's cool if you get in cool with them, but they're not really going to bring you jobs. It's mm. the people on set that seem like the lowly intern, it's the people on set that's like, you know, the gaff person, the person holding, you know, the crafty, the, the person at the crafty table, even, you know, just all the people that seem like the little ants on set, mm. they are on set 24 seven. So network with them and they're the people that are going to help you get gigs. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there was a there was a guy that I met on set. Me and him were just you know talking. He was one of the background people, you know, doing wires or something. And me and him start talking. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I like your energy. Let me get your number. I think I'm working on set." And ever since then, like he would always just text me gigs, and I ended up with you know booked a lot because of just talking to him on set. Mm-hmm. He wasn't was that something you figured? He wasn't mm-hmm. a camera person. He just you know was always on set and was like, "Hey, if I ever, if we ever need anybody, I'll give you a call." I said, "Perfect." Nice. Nice. So is that something you figure it out on your own that these are the resource, these are the people that are really going to help you or someone else gave you a tip to pay attention to, you know, reach out to these people or it's just something you figured out? It's just something I figured out. Just it's like, you know, you're on set for eight, 12 hours. You just start talking mm-hmm. to people. You know, there's yeah. people that are very standoffish, like, oh, I'm I'm a model. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm like, I don't care who you are. If I'm bored, I'm just going to walk up and talk and be like, hey, you want to sit down and have lunch? Like, you know, and mm-hmm. You just meet yeah. people and it comes back mm. to you. Yeah. So you you have a very outgoing spirit. Have you always been like that? No. So I am actually an introvert. I like a lot of time to myself. An introvert. <laughs> My wow. next one says solitude. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of time to myself. Um, hence me not doing a lot of like backup dancing anymore or things like that. I just I like to be kind of in my creative directing zone where I have all the notebooks and I'm, you know, writing all the ideas down and then I just give it to somebody else and let them kind of run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so you're okay being behind the scenes as long as you're oh, running absolutely. things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I love like the whole like videography, you know, creative directing, photography. I like that whole thing. So. Mm. What's, what's something that you know now about your field that you probably could have helped you out initially that could have catapulted things. It was something like, oh man, I can't believe we'll spend all this time doing this way when I should have been doing that. Was there any of those moments? Oh, probably tons. And I'm trying to think, what now? Um, I would say I wish I would have documented more. Mm. Because I feel like when I first really started in the entertainment industry, like social media wasn't really a thing yet Mm -hmm. um, up until I got to high school. And then after that, it was just kind of like all we really had was like MySpace and Facebook. There wasn't like, oh, Instagram stories and videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's looking at dancers now, they have so much footage of them just even doing rehearsals and just hanging out and going on to auditions. But it's just like Mm -hmm. my generation, like us millennials, like we really didn't have that until like probably the last five to eight years mm-hmm. so you remember myspace wow <laughs> that was junior high for me. okay <laughs> wow okay i just like tiki still has her myspace page active so i was just wanted to make sure we talk about <laughs> and i go look at pictures do you do that sometimes and be like wow that's what i used to look like back in the day or this was an interesting uh-huh. thing to do. you ever do that <laughs> he's joking actually i never had myspace <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm not ashamed. I don't. I don't really go, but every once in a while, every few months to you know, year or two, I, I log in just to see old stuff. 
Is it yeah. still up? I didn't even know they still had it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is amazing. So, that, okay. Another thing I want to ask you about <clears throat> with this high energy, I think you said you had, you were married before. Um, mm-hmm. How did you meet your husband being doing so many things when, when you were married? How did you guys meet? Uh, we actually met at church camp when we were in high school. <laughs> church camp. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. You so knew he was the one camp. then. He had his Bible. You said he the one. Him. No. So actually, he was the one who wasn't paying attention. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I need you to get it together. Right. And he was trying to argue with me, you know. Yeah, he, he wasn't with the program yet, so. He wasn't. He wasn't, so he wasn't you, the program. So, so what did you do, like walk past him two, three, four, five times till he saw you? No, I, I was sitting next to him, actually, like, because I was in the little leadership row, and uh-huh. he was sitting where he wasn't supposed to be sitting. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and the pastor was like, well, can anybody get together in groups and pray? And I was like, oh, I got to pray with the one person that don't even want to be here. Okay. <laughs> oh, rebel. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you eventually wore him down or he wore you down. I'd say it did. He wore me down. He would not leave me alone. He would okay. not leave me alone for life. Yeah. So what did, what did you get? Uh, you say, can I ask how old you are? If you don't want to tell me, you don't have to. 33. 33. So three days ago. Oh, that's right. You did tell your birthday was coming up. That's right. Okay. So tell me this. What, uh, takeaways that you get from marriage how, how did it change your life or help you or awaken you in any way wow well I mean for me I I had consistently been in relationships on and off from the time I was like 13 14 all the way up until I got married mm-hmm. so after being married and being divorced it was kind of like okay I I really love to spend time alone like mm-hmm. I really uh you know, love being there for myself and romancing myself and, you know, going out places by myself, you know, once a month I do like a, you know, I'm a free mom. I can go out and I go to a concert or I take myself to dinner. And it's just like, you know, after having to lean on somebody for so long, it's nice to kind of have that, that freedom and that sense of independence and realizing who I am and the giftings that I have. So how is that going? I've never dated myself. I probably should. Do you feel (laughs) kind of awkward being out there by yourself or? How does that work? Not at all. So it's it's interesting because all throughout, you know, high school, uh, junior high and high school, I was always, you know, very introverted. I would sit and eat lunch by myself all the time. And so after being married, you know, finally, you know, being divorced, it was kind of like, wow, like I remember I used to actually enjoy this, you know, when I was in high school, kind of sitting by myself and eating lunch and just being in my own thoughts and being able to, you know, reflect a lot of introspection. And it's, it's just great, you know, not having to coordinate with somebody else. And, oh, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? Well, I like Thai food. Well, you don't like Thai food. You oh, like this kind of food. Mm-hmm. You just do what you want to do. Yeah, that's an ongoing argument that all couples have. Uh, what to eat. <laughs> right. I can tell you some stories on that one. But uh, So uh, how did you feel? Uh, I'm a survivor of divorce myself. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt, I don't know, I kind of felt like a, a failure I felt like everybody knew or you know how did you how how did you deal with that I mean and and what do you tell the kids right exactly well I mean my my daughter when it happened was like two so it's like a not not a lot of explaining really to do okay yeah yeah yeah, two is easy yeah a lot to do there but it for me it was kind of like I you know I felt the same way it was like a a sense of shame just like a Mm -hmm. way I had this relationship and it just fell to nothing like 
I put so much work into this, especially like us being a couple who met at the church. There's just a lot oh. of shame from that yeah. in general. Yeah. General. Everybody at church knows, and you know, our parents know, and our grandparents know, and everybody knows our parents and grandparents. You know, it was like, it was like the whole church was involved in the relationship. And so yeah. when it fell apart, it was like probably a good year of just going to therapy and just being oh. like, you know, if, you know, I don't, I don't have to carry the shame. The shame has nothing to do with me personally. I'm doing mm-hmm. the best I can do as a single mother, taking care of my child, you know, hustling it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as long as I'm present for her and I'm taking care of myself and I'm getting healthy, like that's all that matters. Because yeah. none of these people that are concerned about my relationship are popping in to pay my bills. So you got that right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or take or watch my child or whatever your opinion just doesn't yeah. matter. That's, that's a good attitude. Do you feel like you're a single parent or do you call it a parent who has a child? What do you call it? I know you, I don't know what's the correct term on that now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I consider myself a single parent, yeah. Okay, so so are you and the father still friends? Because that's important. No. <laughs> okay, well, like I said, you don't have to be friends with people. I mean, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I still, I think when, when I got a divorce, I became better friends with my ex than when we were marriage partners. So right. and it took me a long time to get there. But when I got there, I felt good because I, I got to the point where, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I actually hated the person and for everything that went down and I didn't think I could get past it. So when I got past it and we became friends again, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, okay, cause I don't care what you do now. I don't care where you go. Right, good. Like, you do you, I'm gonna do me. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I can, okay, I'm good yeah. now. And, and when I it's when I release that comes from it, yeah, yeah, when I let it go, I was like, cool, I can do that now. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this: so as far as dating, would you are you going to date again? Because 33 is young. I mean, you're a young person, and so I don't know if you would consider it again, or are you just done with it? Because you said no. you date yourself, so I'm done. Yeah, I'm, at 33, you done with me? Oh my, wow. oh my gosh, well because. I mean, like I was saying, like I've literally been on and off in relationships since like junior high. Mm-hmm. So it's just like me coming into my own as an individual. Mm-hmm. What are things I like to do? You know, I I don't like the idea of anybody's hand being in my bank account. I don't like <laughs> the idea of having to share. Like I don't want to share anymore. <laughs> it's my food. It's my food. It's my money. It's my money. What am I? Wow. What am I? Doing? It's yeah. her money, and she wants it now. Yeah. <laughs> As far as, as dating, I just feel like it would be a very big distraction because I feel like since I've been divorced, I've had so many business ideas. I've had so many opportunities mm-hmm. to do things that when I was married, I constantly had to turn things down. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like my dreams were always kind of like dampened. So it's just like, I don't want anything that would be a distraction from what I got to do right now. Hustle, take care of my own, you know, and leave it at that. Yeah, you know, it sounds family. like a very fulfilling life. You know, just just in the things that you do. So, all the things you're involved in. She sounds busy. Yeah, and she's enjoying. She's enjoying her life. So, yeah, enjoying the things you do. You get fulfillment from that. Exactly. And being a parent, you see my 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 kids grow and thrive and be themselves. You know, that's Mm -hmm. great. I I guess I think for me, it is good having that downtime. But I don't know how I feel being totally alone i don't know if i like that i, I don't know how that is because i don't know but you but you is that why you stay active too because you, you don't want to be in a relationship or because you know if you go to a grocery store you'll find it he's going to be there oh my gosh no no there's literally there's literally people that have already approached me and i'm like no no i'm good just i'm not here just ignore me just keep walking 
What what type of guy would you be attracted to hypothetically? Like what who'd be your celebrity crush? Trevor Noah? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about him would you like? He he's probably busy like you. Yeah. Uh I like that he's very intellectual. I like that he's very, you know, he's very into inclusivity. Oh, yes, you he know? is. You're right. Yeah. I like how he, he advocates for all different sorts and types of people. Uh-huh. Um you know, I like, you know, he likes travel, things like that. Did you read his book or something? You know a lot about him? Kind of. Well, I, I, I've watched his, his stand-ups and, you know, his, mm-hmm. yeah. the show that I, does he still have that show? It just went off in December. It's the show is still on, but they have guest hosts now, but it was uh, yeah. the daily show, but yeah, it's still on. He's touring again. He just wants, said he wants to take time to do some stuff. But uh, okay. I did, I did read his book. And it's probably one of the best books I've read. It's up there with Will Smith's book. And uh, what's her name? Octavia Spencer, that one lady? That I think I no, not Octavia. Oh, like Viola it. Davis. It, yeah, Viola. It's, it's up there with that. And he um, he grew up she dirt poor. <laughs> yeah, he was dirt poor and he just, he made it. And I was like, to know where he came from, that's why he's, he's such a caring person now because he had literally nothing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, so that's the type of guy. Right, just was, yeah. he was by his, his mom, and you know the relationship that his mom had with his dad, and how he had to like be separate with them. Yeah, yeah. His dad, he watched his dad beat his mother with a bike, and he talks oh. about that. And he talks mm-hmm. about how he saw his father shoot his mother in the head. So mm-hmm. you had to, you had to say the dude, he's been through some things, and I don't find too many people who are grounded like so I can see. So, so I guess the average knucklehead guy is not going to get your attention. Then. No. no, no athlete, no. No, absolutely not an athlete. You should not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, probably not an actor either then, because it no. seems like I haven't mm-hmm. been around any any actors. I don't know how they are, but from what I see, sometimes they're, they don't really trust a lot of people. So it mm-hmm. seems like they're pretty hard to date as well. They're kind of exhausting, to be honest, to be mm-hmm. around, because it's just oh. the, the ego just it just sucks to I can out see of that that makes mm. sense mm-hmm. yeah. okay all right well let's uh let's move into our uh second part of the show because i know you're in a time frame but it's this is called rapid fire or getting to know you uh question just ask you a few questions here uh i have a few do you want to go first tiki or shall i just go first um I was curious, I did have a question about how you juggle because you try to help single mothers. You're involved in all of these things. How how do you juggle all this? Do you have a strict schedule? What kind of advice would you give these mothers who want to do similar things um, in their life, creative things or whatever, run a business and juggle motherhood? Hmm. Well, for me, like just from jump with my daughter, even when I was married, I got her on a strict schedule from the time that she was born. It was like, okay, sleep schedule, eat schedule. And I mm-hmm. always took that energy because when she was born, I was working a full-time job and I was still doing creative stuff outside of there. I was doing YouTube, I was doing videography gigs, you know, photography. And so for me, like, even from the time I was younger, I've always just liked the rhythm of a schedule and knowing like, okay, what's going to happen at what time, you know, what do I need to do to coordinate it? And so for me, what I tried to do, even with my businesses is I really wanted to implement giving back and uh, just a sense of of care like into all of aspects of my business mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. how do I help artists that became my business structure okay I have the clothing rentals and that brings in money but 
the purpose of it is to be low cost, you know, and easy and accessible for them. Then it was like, mm -hmm. this is clothing, how do I, how do I give back? So it's like with every purchase, a percentage goes to, you know, shelters that help women and children. So it's like everything is built in to the foundation and right. structure to the business. So that no matter what I do, it's giving back in some way. Right. Okay. Um, if you move from California, where would you go? What other place would you live at besides California? I know the cost of living is so economical there, but where, where would you leave? Uh, I loved Morocco. Oh, you've been there? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Okay. Yeah. My daughter wants to go there. <laughs> My oh. daughter wants to go to Morocco. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's I'm sure it is. <laughs> I can it's see you doing that too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh where where all have you traveled? Um, I've traveled to almost every state in the intercontinental US except for like the states that are in New England. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Your parents just was taking you all these different places or that was no, on your own. Actually, when I was married, my ex-husband was a truck driver. And for the really? first, like, uh huh. So for the first three or four months of our marriage, uh, I was like, "Well, you know, I've never really traveled outside of California. Like, I'll go on the road." So I packed up <laughs> and was making jewelry on the road, and you were driving around, and yeah. How was that living yes. in a truck? They doing the truck stops and washing up and stuff. It's actually not bad. The truck stops all across the U.S. If you go to the major, you know, the I guess brand name, major name ones. They're nice. actually super clean. It's almost like hotels. Like you check in with a key, they give you like a punch in code and it's cleaned after every person. So you have your own like little bathroom, your own little cocoon. Nice. With like and they got soaps and lotions and everything in there for you. They got laundry machines. They got massage chairs. Like they have full on lounge. Ah! They got gym. <laughs> like many people don't know this, but when you go and travel to all these uh -huh. different states and you go to the, the major truck stops, like they're, yeah. they're the top line, everything. Restaurants. Mm -mm -mm. Who would have known? That's what I'm saying. That's you. <laughs> about to make known? us hit the road right now. <laughs> yeah. How mm -hmm. how long? You guys seem like you are a good couple. How long were y'all married? Uh, five years. Five years. Mm -hmm. Do you? I, I, I'm a life coach. and I'm always interested. This is my last question. I promise on that one. But do you think, what do you think could have made that relationship work? Because I always ask myself that. What, what could I have done differently to make it work? Because obviously y'all liked each other enough to get married. Right. <laughs> so what, what could have made it work? Um, I think on his end, there was a lot of therapy that needed to be done, like therapy, anger management on mm -hmm. that end. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I think it could have remained a friendship if that would have happened. Mm -hmm. I think okay. the, the inevitable. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. It's because of behaviors that he had. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of it, I feel like if he would have done that work, we could have been, you know, had a nice cordial co-parenting situation. But yeah, none that I, can, I can respect that. That does sound like I find it a lot. There a lot of people, especially people of uh, African descent, they kind of don't like therapy. But uh, right. the thing about it is, is a lot of things happen in our childhood that we don't learn to cope with and deal with. And if mm -hmm. we don't learn those I guess skill sets when we're younger kind of bleeds over into our adult life. And then now you're an adult who hasn't got that help. So yeah, I, I definitely mm -hmm. can see that. I, something else I probably would say that I could have worked that, but you're right. Yeah, we, we got to right. get ourselves together. Okay. Right. Uh, because it's that, like, you know, that co parenting relationship is strained. But then it's like my son's father, me and him get along great and are able to co parent. And mm -hmm. it's, it's great, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you said you like Trevor. Nora, would you date a white guy? Would that? Would you do that too? Or I've dated all. I've dated guys from all sorts of races and backgrounds. So for Any me, difference? it's not. Like, it's not like a color thing. Like I've dated white guy, black guy, Asian guy, Middle Eastern. Like I, I've dated the gambit. So for me, it's not necessarily a skin tone or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess my my preference would be either a black man or even an Asian man, just because I really like the culture. Mm-hmm. As far as the food, I like the way that they take care of their, you know, their elderly, their grandparents. I like the reverence they have mm-hmm. for the community. Um, yes. But I mean, it, it could literally be any and everybody, shape, size. Like, I, I don't really have a preference as far as that. But it's mm-hmm. like that connection mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, can, yeah. I, I see that. Well, Tiki, she's dated guys of different nationalities and she's done with them all. I guess it's no difference. <laughs> She don't wipe. She said, "Not I've did them all. They all been. I don't want that." <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> do you have any fears uh, with the outgoing person? I just can't see you being. You survived homelessness, survived the divorce, been around, lived in a truck, and yeah. and made that sound interesting. <laughs> and <laughs> what what's what's on your fear factor list? What won't you do when you climb that mountain? I do not like bugs. Okay. <laughs> Can't do bugs. Ain't bugging. No. Okay. Bugs, rodents. I don't do rodents. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so remember that show Fear Factor back in the days? Yes. Mm-hmm. You would not do that, right? No. I remember <laughs> watching that show all the time and being like, oh my gosh, they're eating scorpions or they're doing this. Like, I just. The big, they ate those big mm-hmm. roaches too. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. That, that's a no for me. Okay. Uh, next question. You have very long hair, and mm-hmm. and I see you you flat ironed it before, and it was like even longer. Uh huh. What's uh what's what's the upkeep? How do you do that? Um, very very minimal processing. So around the time I graduated, like, was it high school or maybe a few years into college, I decided I wanted to go all natural. I wasn't gonna put heat on my mm-hmm. hair. I wasn't gonna blow dry anymore. I wasn't gonna do none of that. And so I just started using, you know natural hair products and then just leaving mm. my hair you know doing protective styles twist out sometimes I do like the the long twist so mm-hmm. whatever I'm gonna do to just kind of protect my hair and not mess with it too much that's helped it grow like crazy yeah mm-hmm. yeah would you mm-hmm. ever uh go short hair um I've considered it now that I'm a mom I'm like maybe I should cut a few inches off but then I'm like ah so I don't know <laughs> I don't know. I go back got the routine back. now, down now, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I the thing. I miss the good thing. So, right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's right mm-hmm. now. It's working fine. Yeah. How do you feel about makeup? Are you a makeup girl or no? Uh, kind of. Um, I like more like natural makeup, stuff that's easy and quick to put on, you know, that goes with my mm-hmm. schedule. I, I don't have mm-hmm. an hour being in, in the mirror doing all of that unless I'm going to like an event or red carpet event or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. other than that on the day-to-day it's just simple makeup that I can easily kind of pat on with my fingers and be out the door so you don't put that little eye wing thing on that little oh I do have it oh that okay takes, that takes two <laughs> seconds once you you know get the rhythm of it but the rest of your routine <laughs> I'm still okay. trying to get the rhythm of mine one one wing just doesn't cooperate it's always my right wing <laughs> I always tell myself I'm like well whatever I you know put your hair down and kind of cut your face no, <laughs> she good she good just keep squinting a little bit on this one it's just optical yeah. illusion yeah turn your head like that when you're talking 
I saw one girl, she had two wings. That's all. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I never seen that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, well, now they got the little stamps. You just, you know, move a little stamp on and just pluck it on. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, give me three books or three movies you would recommend. Oh man. Three, three books. The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. It's always like top, top of my list. I love that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read it almost every year since I was like 13 or 14. I can't read the same book twice. I can't do it. Once I've read it, I'm done. It's, it's stuck in there. I can't watch the same movie twice. But go ahead. It's a novel and it's so detailed. I feel like every time I read it, something new jumps out to me. Okay. Um, okay. But I loved that one. And then, uh, gosh, it's so hard. I literally have bins of books in my apartment. Like mm-hmm. just because I, I, I like paper and I like to highlight things. But that yeah, me one, too. Oh, that one probably stands out to me the most right now. Okay, tell you what, we'll, we'll keep that one there. Give me your best movie you ever saw then. Oh, best movie, uh, Ashes, Ashes and Snow. So Ashes and Snow. Ashes and Snow. So it's actually, it's kind of a movie, but it's kind of like part movie, part documentary. Okay. This guy named Stephanie Colbert, he was like, went all around the world to different countries, like in, in, um, in Asia and in Africa. And uh-huh. just documenting the, the relationship between humans and animals. Mm-hmm. He ended up writing this amazing like, po- like the poem that he split, I think, into three or four books. And so the poetry is spoken in the movie. And then it's like everything in the movie is these sepia tones of people like, you know, little girls walking with these massive elephants. And then people okay. swimming with these like massive whales. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And I feel like ever since I saw that movie, I just knew I wanted to be an artist. Like, mm. ever since. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's called Ashes and Sea. Okay. Uh, do you have any pet peeves? Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like just me having a toddler being asked the same question like 10 times in a row. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And, you know, my, when my kids were little, they was, yeah, they was, my kids stopped me all the time. One time they asked me, they said, Dad, what do ducks go at night? How would I know? Why do I care where they go? They go where they go. <laughs> Type it into Google. <laughs> right. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, my last question is, uh, you had mentioned too about, uh, I believe I was looking at your TikTok, you said something about a cult. What, what was that? Like the, you said you stayed in the cult or I don't know what that was. I didn't really get yes. it. I said, well, actually, I was in a, in a religious cult from the time I was born until I was like 12. And then my family kind of escaped from there. Okay. So recently, one of my friends who has been writing blog posts against the cult for years that, she, you know, she was in it as well. Um, mm-hmm. She recently got an organization together to bring like forth to light everything that they had been doing. And they have a lawsuit that's pending right now, which is amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I, I didn't... I guess I've heard about them. I guess I didn't really know if they still did them now. So you guys got away. So that's good. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys are, you, you seem well rounded. So I guess it didn't hurt. You were said age, how long were you in there? 12 years. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, it took a lot of, you know, help and mentorship and therapy and everything else. But yeah. Did you want to get out? Yeah. Or did you, oh, okay. So you knew you definitely want to get, you know, someone right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my mom and dad were just like, you know, they had been trying to figure out how to get out. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Then you got out. So are both your parents are still living now? Mm-hmm. Yep, both okay. of them. 
good, good. Uh, well, I'm glad you guys got out because otherwise it's been hard to do this uh, interview if you had got out. So for yeah, that reason alone, I'm glad you're out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you have any other questions for Tiki before we wrap it up? Yeah, I want to know if you if there's one piece of advice that you could pass on to your children to help them to succeed in life or give them an advantage, what would it be? Be outspoken. Mm. For, you know, me growing up in that cult, I felt like my voice was taken from me. And it wasn't until I became, you know, a full-on adult that I was really learning to you know, put my voice out there, say my mind and, you know, mm -hmm. not be afraid of it, not be afraid of the consequences of that. Yeah. So especially me having, a, you know, a daughter, you know, I have a son as well, but it's like, you know, as, as a woman, it's very important for her to know that she has a voice and that, you know, mm -hmm. she can do it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I agree. So, so, so the cult, they don't try to come back and get you once you leave, right? You're just, you're, you're safe, right? Oh yeah. I mean, they tried to come after my friend, but she was writing blog posts about them. She was calling oh, people out, she was telling all the tea. <laughs> oh my oh yeah. you guys you guys be careful there um okay destiny before we wrap this show up can you let the uh people listen out there know where your social media footprints can be found can they find more about you or or, or can we say that now that i'm scared now should we tell people this or? okay yeah we're good we're safe um okay. they can find me the i destiny on all social media pla platforms that's you know ig that's tiktok twitter the iDestiny on all those platforms. Um, they can also go to the iDestiny.com or idexhibit.com. And either one of those websites will also take you to Sailing in the Desert and you know see all the other projects I'm working on. Okay. Do you do one-on-ones with people as well too or individuals or you just do group projects? Um, I can do one-on-ones. Um, occasionally I'll have like something come up, but it's not something that I do on a regular basis. Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on that we may have missed or something you want to clarify before we wrap it up and I give my final thoughts? Um, no, that's, that's all. I think we, we hit everything. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Do you have a final thought before my final thought, Tiki? Do you have one? No, sir. All right. And then this well, is a very fascinating woman. I'm glad we got to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, especially before she makes it bigger because she's been anywhere, so I know she knows everybody. <laughs> but, uh, all right, my final thoughts are this. I encourage everyone to be brave and always give your best. Live a life of purpose and be confident in yourself. Nobody can make you feel inferior without your permission. That was on behalf of Ms. Eleanor Roosevelt, for those of you who wonder who said that. Again, on behalf of What's Award Show, I'm Wardy Ward, Tiki the Talker, Ms. Destiny, thank you for dropping by today. So until next time, peace.